It is not what you do for your children, but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings. That quote comes from Ann Landers. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. Good old Ann Landers, I'll tell you. I feel you. like that's a Land Anders. Ann oh, Landers? <laughs> An Ann Landers hit right there that I just played. <laughs> I, I feel like, oh, it hit and I hit. mean, for those out there that remember newspapers, she was the uh, Ann Landers column that's like basically giving advice to people. So people would send in random yeah. stories or questions that mm-hmm. she would respond to. That's right, newspaper. Newspaper. It's almost like Delilah. Oh, Delilah after Delilah? Dark. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that was nationwide, so people That's in right. the United States. Syndicated. Does she still do it? She I, might. I think, she's, I think, I think she, she still I, might. Delilah. Yeah. Anyway. Or the slow jams. <laughs> the slow 90s jams on my way home from a friend's house. Oh, well, 90s jams. I don't know. I think she goes back further than that. Oh, she mixed it up back then. All right. When I would listen to Delilah in the, in the evening. A Delilah in the evening. Yeah. Delilah in the evening. After dark. Um, so that quote... What was our reasoning for that, Danielle? Why did we pick that one? Oh, because today we're going to talk about life skills, Mm -hmm. which I, it's a very broad topic, but I really like, you know, I think something that I love about being an occupational therapist is function and independence and setting kids up to be more independent, to be able to function at the highest capacity they can by teaching them all the things they need. Hopefully they're grasping that and carrying that over. And then they are becoming independent, functioning humans in society. Um, I think sometimes we, I think as, you know, I definitely think parents and and maybe other collateral people in a child's life get very concerned about losing some of these services as kids get older. But I think that, you know, assuming that we're setting them up to really practice and, and internalize a lot of what we're teaching, the life skill aspect of it gets carried over. But I do think, and you probably can speak more to this, that it's underrepresented um in a lot of places that it's an important thing to be teaching kids i mean where i am we started um props to my high school teachers who are so creative in their thinking they um they put together this transition classroom for the high school population that really should be or could be for students on or not on IEPs and Mm -hmm. really help building some of those independent skills as they leave high school. And they talk about, I mean, paychecks, jobs, filling out applications, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's college or job applications, you know, figuring out what students, you know, not everyone is college bound. And I feel like there's this stigma for people that don't go to college. And in fact, I feel like many people that don't go to college in or are in the trades often get paid more than those who are college educated. Fair. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, you know, in the communities near where I am, I feel like there is a huge push for college. And I think this transition class is really helpful for, for those who are questioning it, but also for those who are going to college and need to build some of those life skills, it's great. This isn't necessarily just a special ed type of thing. And I actually found, um, you know, because the internet's a wonderful place, you can find pretty much anything. I was searching for something and I found this, I think comes from self-sufficient kids, but it's 15 life skills kids need before leaving home. And I would say that a lot of them are things that kids probably aren't necessarily, what I love about it is it's specific, like how to cook, but then it's also how to be a Mm self-starter. And a lot of this can probably fall into the blanket of executive functioning. So those that have those challenges need maybe a little bit more explicit instruction in that or, or modifications or accommodations to remember to do certain things in a certain sequence. But a few of them are managing money, mm. cooking, being a self-starter, how to talk to strangers. So that's not like 
in a creepy way, but that's like, how do you initiate conversation and have a back and forth cordial inter exchange with someone, how to manage time, again, executive functioning, how to stand up for yourself. Number seven, I want to bullet and star how to cope with failure. Oh, that's, that is massive. And I do think all my snowplow parents out there, you'll know, you know what we're talking about. Um, sometimes we clear the path for our kids to not have to feel the, the, what failure feels like, what anxiety feels like, what, you know, being a little bit, uh, called out for something feels like. And, and we learn how to become fully functioning adults when we learn how to manage those feelings, sit with those feelings, process them, problem solve them. It's super important to be able to deal with that without someone always covering that for you. How to find a job, oh, how to find a job. One. So I will say that earlier in my career, and I work with kids that um, are latency age, so the oldest I've worked with in my and where I am is usually 14 and that's rare. But I was still working with kids years ago about how to find a, you know, what was, what would be, what would a job application look like for, you know, a part-time job when you're say, it, when you become a high school student. And that was such a fun thing for kids to fill out because mm. that was, I was also working on, you know, back then handwriting, legible handwriting for filling out something on paper, but being able to communicate what's important on that document and under, and knowing the information that you needed to write on there and writing it legibly, how to do laundry. Oh, that would have been helpful for me. I think my mom tried to teach me a few times. Uh -oh. and I just, I just shove it all in. Yeah, I feel like today's yeah. washing machine. You could just throw it all in. One. My mother would be appalled at how I do laundry. Yeah. We won't, we won't it, tell her. Um, how to be organized? Mm. That is, that in of itself could be its own course. Yeah. Uh, there's so many aspects of organization. So that's that's wonderful. How to clean a home? How many kids out there? How many adults, by the way, do you think know how to clean a home? You. Well, no, besides. You know. <laughs> You Even then, I probably don't do it as... I, I'm not a white glove test. You could... You probably... I wouldn't pass the white glove test here. Neither would I. You know what that is? Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of these skills that you're listing, I feel like would have been very helpful for me mm -hmm. as a fully functioning adult and a high-achieving student, yeah. athlete. I couldn't manage my... T as soon as I got out of college, where all my time was managed for me, right? You had your sports. You had your academics. You had your class schedule. As soon as I got out of college, when I didn't have, like... Any structure, structure, structure. And you had to structure it yourself. Uh, structure yeah. outside of work hours was really hard for me. And money management, I feel like I still fail at miserably. Well, and dare I say that, you know, women of a certain age here doing this podcast, there weren't as many distractions when we were college students, meaning like social media and different things that are just mm -hmm. keeping our attention spans so minimal that how do you parcel out the time to do the things that are important to be... You know, and again, you can you can argue any of these. But maybe someone says, "Hey, I don't mind if my house isn't really that organized. Mm. I kind of do laundry pretty well. My clothes don't smell bad. I don't need." You know, you could argue some of these points, but I think the idea of setting up where you have time to do these things, your focus is on them. You're prioritizing some of them. Um, I think this one's also extremely important: how to spend wisely. Oh yeah. So it's the money management piece is absolutely important, but then it comes down to well, you have discretionary spending. How are you spending that money? Do do people, um, you know, young adults in the workforce, think ahead to what it looks like to save, what it looks like to manage for the future? You know, are we just more impulsive? How to drive safely, please. Um, I think I saw this week on the news because that's another thing I do in my old age is watch the news that Boston is the fourth. Um, worst city to drive in in the world world I'm not surprised so 
that frightens me too because I try to be a safe driver, but I can't control what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's huge. How to swim? I like that that made it. How did that list. make a list? I don't know. We can again. You could belabor the point of whether that's on there. But I mean, I guess to swim just how to not makes, drown. Can we yeah, say that? Yeah. How, how, to, how, to, how to not drown. And number fifteen, and I'm going to tell you that this is one of my all-time favorites. I still teach students this to this day: how to read a map. I was just going to say map skills. Absolutely and I'm tell you right now, love it. I was super impressed with. I had to sit in on a seventh grade geography, history, social studies. I forget the name of the class. U.S. geography. No, world geography. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Irrelevant. He was teaching math skill, a uh, map, map skills. skills. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside his teaching of you know ancient civilizations and culture he was doing let's look at like yeah yeah, it was really cool and i was like this it was political maps which is like your basic map that you look at i was like oh kids really need this skill yeah i still will try to encourage that i know and i always preface it saying i understand we have because i mean of course a lot of my students are very tech I'll dare say addicted, but mm-hmm. tech obsessed where we have tech and we can do that. And like computers can tell me how to get here and there and everywhere. Yes, they can. But should you find yourself lost somewhere and your technology's failing you, would you be able to figure out how to get from point A to point mm-hmm. B? And what's, you know, all those important aspects. I also think it's really good sort of awareness of self, awareness of surroundings, being able to recognize what's important and where you identify landmarks and things. it's just important to have that awareness of what's happening around you and not for nothing it is so fun to teach it was yeah. literally, oh, I, I would look it. forward to it every year I would look forward to teaching direction I would look I mean we would do these fun scavenger hunts activities and like creating our own maps and it was just for middle schoolers, it was one of my favorite things to teach. I will say, ever since Flash Player no longer is a thing, I lost, <laughs> I lost some of my favorite online games to teach map skills. <laughs> Flash Player. That pirate game, these, oh, they would have to click on different things to see if it was a treasure map or if they gotten, if they ran into the pirates. Every time, gl- eyes glued to that activity. It oh. was awesome. Okay. And you had to know if you were going north, south, east, west. But anyway, I digress. Um, I'm, oh, sorry. You could And you could edit that list any way you want, but I think... I would, I would wonder out there, is that something people feel like they are getting to teach? I'm not even, again, not even talking about kids on IEPs, like just generally in education, are we teaching our kids any of these things? Not that some of it doesn't go on parents, guardians, et cetera, but are we teaching some of these things that I think I learned when I was, you know, in, in my earlier elementary and, and junior high years. So I think so. I think some school. of it, and I think some well, schools are very progressive home and ec? actually have whole, yeah. Home I mean, ec, wood, I had to take home ec. I had to take woodworking. Yeah. Um, that was just requirement to graduate. I'm not sure I mean, that they're able to do those things in all different, in every I mean, in, in the community where I work, they have a family consumer sciences sort of strand. And so kids can take things like cooking, uh, fashion. And so they can explore some, some avenues both professionally for themselves and also life skilly mm-hmm. um which i think is great but in terms i mean there are a handful of schools in massachusetts at least that actually have required life skills quote unquote units that kids have to take mm-hmm. before graduating and that includes financial mm-hmm. uh the financial aspect i mean if i had known i was signing my life away on those student loans right. i was just like i just want to go to school yep. so i'm signing all this I'll paperwork do anything I'll yeah. Say, yeah well and i will also say this and again this is a million years ago i'm assuming this doesn't occur now with the internet and stuff but prior to the internet credit card companies would come to the college that mm-hmm. i went to and would 
basically encourage students to get these high, high interest rate credit cards. I have friends who fell into debt because of that, not really understanding like what that means. Because if you give someone, you give an 18 year old with minimal frontal lobe, (laughs) you know, maturity and you're like, here's a credit card. Cool. I'm taking my friends out for this and that and the other, and we're going to buy all these things. Then the card, then the statement comes in and look at that interest rate. And now you're digging yourself a hole. So uh, those Reds, things I think are really important. They used to do it at sporting events. Mm-hmm. At the Red Sox yes. game, that's where yeah. I got my first credit card yes. because I wanted the free towel. Yes. Or no, free I mean, don't blanket. they still do that? I, feel like I don't they, know. Maybe not. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it at Celtics games. So I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, they don't do it there. At the least. But they might yeah. still do it at anyway. Finding ways to, yeah. you know, to, well, to understand you could sign up for this, but what does that actually mean? And again, I understand there are a lot of other things to be teaching, but I think that there, you can work this into other academics. Like you could certainly work the credit card aspect into, I mean, even where I am, sometimes teachers will do a a unit on like, we're going to budget for this thing. You like choose a thing you want to, and it could be a larger ticket. Like you want to buy a car. What are all the things you need to think about? Or like, even if it's buying multiple things, budgeting that out, figuring all that out. Even if the kids are struggling with like the math aspect, just giving them some awareness of what's out there, because I don't think we prepare people for that as much as we should. And I think, you know, if you have other people in your life, your parents, your siblings, aunts, uncles, et cetera, et cetera, who are navigating that for you, when do you learn that that's your responsibility to take on? Mm -hmm. And even if like medical insurance, you know, people staying on medical insurance till their, their parents insurance till they're 26, was it 26, 27 here anyway, you know, and not having to really understand what that means. So you get your first job and you're not 26 Hey, who cares about that? You know, it's just, how do you learn more about these things? Not that there's time to teach all of it, but I think it's teaching certain skills and then also understanding that maybe by teaching those skills, you're creating a a student or a a young adult who's ready to understand there's more out there that they're going to have to learn and that they have some independence in being able to do that, or they have some curiosity and knowledge already to work off of. Well, and I think, too, you can point things out during... There doesn't have to be... Yes, I think ideally you'd want specific classes, but things like organization and and cleaning, you can actually build into your day and call it out when you're doing it. Like, see how I have this agenda on the board every day or this learning objective. It's our goal at the end of the day. You should always have a goal or a plan in mind of where where you want to be at the end of... Like, you can sort of scaffold that for people, for kids, to at least have some examples and some coaching around what that might look like. So it doesn't have to be like, I mean, it'd be great to teach, you know, a goal setting class, but you obviously don't have time for all but this. Right, so but like you can embed that skill right, or something or else. an organization. You may not have time for an organization class. If you're a general ed teacher who doesn't have, you know, if the kid doesn't have an IP for it, so but, you could teach it. But that's why I said organization could be its own thing. I mean, yeah. that's, that's embedded throughout so many things and it's organizing both your physical stuff and organizing your thoughts, your, your approach to things, what materials you need. There's so many aspects of organization. I want to bring you back to your list, the, um, the teaching failure, mm-hmm. teaching that, mm-hmm. you know, it's that growth mindset, teaching that failure is okay. And it teaches you something. I am reading this book that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. It's it's called The Price of Privilege. And I think we want to talk on a future episode about yeah. the effects of privilege and, and um, financial sort of freedom for kids. Um, but in this book, it talks about um, affluent families having ac- so much access that kids do not experience failure. So mm-hmm. when they do, it's just this big event and, you know, 
I, I would love for someone to do research on anxious kids and affluency. Is that affluency? Yeah. Affluency? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because I do think that there's some anxiety underlying emotional component that grows as kids grow if they have everything handed to them. Oh, absolutely. And so... The entitlement. Yeah. And I think stemming from that, being in an affluent community, I do think if kids are not getting the grades that... If kids are not perfect in every area and or strong in every area, people have cause for concern. And so that's when you get the IEP referrals Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh, kids are getting evaluated five, six times in their academic career because they got a B in a math. And it's like, maybe it's math isn't their thing and that's that's okay. okay. Yeah, It doesn't mean they're disabled. And I feel like by when you continuously test kids and test kids, Mm -hmm. at some point their self-esteem is going to be shot. And the second that something isn't easy for them, they're going to think there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And what is that? I don't know. I just feel like we're, to get on my soapbook, build, building this community of kids who are so sensitive to all of that, that yes. any failure is going to be hurtful Catastrophic. for them. Yeah. Exactly. Even if it's a minor yeah. thing. And I think we do that when kids are on IEPs with the parasupport. I mean, parents have a really hard time, and I think sometimes general ed teachers have a hard time letting, letting go of those paraeducators that are supporting kids in the classroom and now they're becoming overly reliant i have a i have a kid who has a one-to-one right now and he should be maybe has some parasport throughout the day but like he should be doing most of these things independently Mm -hmm. and he's so reliant that he will say i just want someone next to me to make Mm -hmm. sure i'm doing this right and it's like so you know that you don't need this and that's in you can extrapolate that from beyond just that like that's a that's a school-based thing but you can extrapolate that to life to say gosh, I see this all the time. Um, someone's going to do it. So I don't need to, Mm -hmm. someone else will do it. And I see this with adults. Oh, I'm going to leave a mess here because someone else will come clean it. Oh yeah. I mean, even basic like that, like somebody else is going to take care of this. I don't have to because I've maybe never had to, or I don't often have to, someone will clean up my literal and figurative messes for me. So why should I have to learn how to do that myself? Mm -hmm. And there's so many feelings and so many experiences that come with failure or not living up to a standard you set or someone set for you. How do you work yourself through that to understand that that's not the end of the world? There are ways to grow from that. There are, again, as you talk about the growth mindset, there are ways to, to challenge yourself in the future. You don't have to have it annulled essentially. Like we're, what I think happens is it's like the failure is just going to be annulled. We're never going to talk about it again. We're going to change the course. Oh, you got a C when I talk to your teacher, that's not going to be a C that's going to be an A. We never have to learn from that. Or we don't, some, some people are in a position to not have to learn from that. As well as we talk about learning about like resolving conflict because you have Mm -hmm. to hash it out with a peer An adults, not there to tell you how to hash it out. Or you're actually playing with other kids in person, face to face, live, Mm-hmm. Live action, not Live through action. the computer or through the video games. And learning to resolve that conflict obviously teaches you how to manage when things come your way. There are so many things that you're going to experience as a as a an young adult, an adult, that you have to learn how to manage in some capacity. Well, I it's funny. I've been fortunate enough to have, and I think have had both my parents and also my employers um, do that for me. I'll never forget my first, second year at um, at my first teaching job. My first teaching year. My first year as a teacher. Oh my God, wow. I can get it out. Um, and I remember I was frustrated. I became frustrated with another adult that came in and took over a situation and I didn't like how it was handled. Mm-hmm. 
And I went to my boss and I was like, the principal, and I was like, I don't know, this is really frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you need to go talk directly to them. And I was like, oh my God, don't make me do it. Like, so yep. stressed. I was 24. I'm like, I, I can't do this, or 25. And um, I ended up doing it. And I, I still remember that moment to this day. And it has empowered me to have difficult conversations. Do you know what's funny is yeah. that you're bringing this up today, but I've used that example that you, of your yeah. story. Yeah twice this week. Oh, weird. Yes. In telling people about how to learn how to have conversation, like that basically had someone done that for you mm-hmm. and had that conversation for you and you didn't have to deal with the anxiety and the discomfort. How are you going to learn from that? Yep. And that's not to say that every, you know, that that's appropriate in every situation, especially when you're talking about hierarchy of employment and sure. things like that. But it does it, but it gave you the sense that I can do this. So actually, by having to manage it yourself, you gained that self confidence. I talk to parents of kids I work with all the time about watch them flourish when they start feeling good about their skills. The more that they, I, one of my all time favorite students who had pervasive anxiety about any change, anything new, anything that wasn't already in sort of the computer of of her brain of what I've done this before. But the more that she took those risks and, t- and took those challenges on, the more that her sort of bandwidth for tolerating challenging or new things increased. Her self-esteem increased. Her ability to be a student more consistently increased. It, it all just, I've seen it so many times and it, it apply, I would say it would apply to anybody. It's not just to well, a kid with certain needs. It's anybody. Well, and I'm not, and, and like, this is going to sound dramatic and I'm not trying to be dramatic. However, I feel like that was such a, moment in my life that's a memory that I'm not sure I'd be where I am today without yeah, that. Yeah, that's because, my point to you. Because yeah. I've ha- and, and now I've had the confidence to have conversations with people that are in a higher position than me. Right. I've been able to figure out how to um, work with different people with different personalities yes. and meet them where they're at so it's but not But my like point a, is, what if the person yeah. you went to to tell this to said, yeah. don't worry, I'm going to take, take care, care of, it. of it. And I encourage my teams to have those be more independent in that way. I, I was like, I'm like, I can coach you through it. We can mm-hmm. practice. We, we can, can role play. We it. can role play it, yeah. you know, but, and I, I feel like when I have this conversation, some people look at me like, you're not going to do it for me. And mm-hmm. I, but you, no, the other example, no, the answer's no, I love how I'm using your life examples, <laughs> yeah. but the other one I used was when sometimes you had to have hard conversations with people that others were afraid to have the conversation with based on, you know, tricky personalities, that individual would come to you and say, thank you for telling me the mm-hmm. truth. Thank you for telling me what it is that I need to work on because I I appreciate that you were just truthful and honest with me instead of working around that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've gotten that feedback. I mean, the first time I had to let someone go mm-hmm. um, because it just wasn't a good match. And we worked right. throughout the whole year on how to help support this person. And I remember when I had to let her go, she was like, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for supervising me every week. You're right. This isn't a good fit. Like, yep. this makes sense. And you and may not was, always get that response. No, no, no. Because there have been other situations where I've been like, oh. Or it's a, less, a little like, less comfortable. Like, I just want but, to put myself in a hole. But I mean, that you're, but what you were able to do through all of those experiences is hone your skill set. You learned from every single one of them how to hone it and refine it and change and shift. That was something that we also were talking about is, you know, if someone has always kind of cleared your path for you or not had this, um, had you explicitly learn or even just through experience or learning, teaching different life skills, 
you don't know how to shift out of something or how to how to adapt on the fly because you're expecting that I'm going to go to someone and tell them what's happening and they're going to fix it for me. So my job is done. I went, I told you, you fix it, I'm out. Instead of how am I adapting and shifting on the fly, which is just part of being human. Yeah. We had to have this conversation. I participated in, in an IEP meeting this week um, where we were talking about self-advocacy goal mm-hmm. for the student, bright student, you know, really... Um, really good in school, had some executive functioning stuff, whatever. So there was a, a self-advocacy goal and listening to the teacher describe how to help the student build independence. I mean, it's like asking for extra time on tests, having her eventually, you know, the I do, we do, you do yes, model, yeah, yeah, having yeah. her eventually be able to email the teacher because mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. they can do it through email. So it's right. not so even it's a not person, person. Face, so it's, yeah, it you can sort of have, it takes a little bit of that stress mm-hmm, away mm-hmm. when you're not face to face teaching her how to build those skills that she can ask for extra time after a test or extra Mm -hmm. ask for extra time on a project or whatever. Um, that was just one of them, but it was really the self advocacy was really teaching her how to be more independent. I'm like, this is, we need to have this goal for like everybody. Everybody. I was just (laughs) thinking when you're saying that, like it doesn't have to be an IEP goal. That could be a teacher's classroom expectations is like, if you have questions, I expect to hear from you. I don't expect to hear from your mom. I don't expect to hear from your older sister. I expect to hear from you that you need A, B, or C. And maybe it starts with, like, you know, we talk about the, sort of the trading wheels and the I do, we do, you do. But I think having the the empowering piece of that, I, I there's, I've seen it so many times that I know that that's, it feels good to people to be independent, empowered, they conquered this on their own. That feeds your future situations because you always can go back and say, well, I, d- I mean, how many times, you're just telling me these yeah. example. how many times do you reflect and go, well, I've already done this. I've been here. Mm-hmm. I've done this and I've done it successfully. I can do it again. Or I did something like it. I've learned how to, to mold this into another way I can approach this new situation. We're always doing that. But if you don't have those experiences because you've been afraid to or anxious to, and I get that, like com- confronting someone or a situation that's challenging or accepting failure in a situation is not easy, mm-hmm. but that's building your ability to manage those feelings, to have that self-esteem and to empower yourself to make changes and, and proceed forward independently. It's huge. Yeah. And I have, so for me, I have this underlying, and I'm sure most people have it, this underlying people pleasing thing mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. stuck. So I'm, when I have those difficult conversations, I'm like, are they going to be upset? Don't hate and me. I have to like get over that, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes it's just, and they'll appreciate you in the long run. Well, I you mean, also I can't control what everybody's yeah. going to feel. That shouldn't. Yeah. It's hard not to change your message because you want people. You don't want to. You don't want anybody to feel bad. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But you ultimately can't control that. And it goes back to meeting people where they're at. Right. Like, that's I had true too. this. I had. You know. I supervised a bunch of team chairs, and I remember with one, I had to be really direct with because that's how they wanted the information. And then another one, I had to be really sensitive to because, mm-hmm. you know, I had to walk through it at a slower pace and that and you know that I think goes a long way when you can meet people where they're at um and I so going back to what you were saying you can start all of these skill building things very early and Mm -hmm. going back to the price of privilege they actually have like a walkthrough for as early as three years old and and, in building independent skills conversation skills or conflict and having not just kids apologize to each no, other because work if, it out because then you're also teaching skills that you have I to mean, apologize even with, if you don't mean it kids with siblings young they're yeah. they're doing all this right away you know it's it, this is not like oh well they can be nine before they can't right. do resolving conflict or whatever you know whatever it is you 
just have to you have to mold it in different ways depending on their age but this can be for anyone this is not just a self-advocacy goal doesn't have to be in high school it could be measured at any point in time or even going back to something basic like the money management it can be oh cash though see i'm gonna now i'm gonna date myself again but you could have a you know your eight-year-old pay with you know how much you want that candy bar it costs this much you know you could do a lot of these things well, then you have credit cards and then you have phones that have the, eh, eh, whatever. Maybe some people still well, use cash. Well, you can still there. do it and you could say you have $10. Yeah. You gotta do the math and figure right. out. Can you afford can it? Can you afford yeah. it? Yeah. And, you and, and you, the meeting where you're at goes for any of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's any, you have some kids that are a little more mature, a little savvier at a younger age. You know, it's always, I think it's just crafting situations where kids have to do some critical thinking. Establishing and developing the critical thinking is so important and there's always a learning curve for all of it but i think the more experiences you have where you're learning to do these things for yourself or you're learning to think about really rationalize and process how to to make changes how to you know get through a situation you're just building on you know your your sort of toolbox of how to do that in the future one i think too like just to and that can be in any aspect of sort Mm -hmm. of that daily living stuff you know i i think about like if you're in a math class and, you know, the goal, you have to fold five pieces of laundry and then solve a math problem. You know, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, build yeah, in yeah. these, like, silly little things that are fun for kids. I mean, some of the most fun, and I haven't done it in a while, but some of the fo- most fun groups I've run is, like, all right, I brought in, like, a belt that we, like, you're going to go through these stations and you're going to, like, fold a towel. You're going to do loop a belt. You're going to... You know, use a screwdriver to unscrew. Like, it, those are so fun. And kids are like, this is great. It, like, it's just not something they're normally expecting in school. Yeah. So you throw in a group. Like, even if it's just a whatever. You, again, like you said, you could you could make it part of any any class. You could work in, like, you know, fold like you said, fold a piece of clothes yeah. and then spell the word. You know, right. piece yeah. of clothes. Piece fold, of clothes. A piece of clothing. A piece, a piece of clothing. <laughs> All right, Raleigh, to close this out, I have one question for you. Okay. Would you rather listen to an annoying laugh for a whole day mm-hmm. or get tickled for one of them? Oh, no brainer. Listen to a laugh. Oh, God. No, it's, not even, it's not even close. Like, you could ask me if I'd rather run into traffic or get tickled for a day. I mean, the bigger question, and, you know, all of our podcast folks out there in the world... Please let me know if you'd prefer to get tickled for an hour because if there is someone in this world that would rather get tickled for an hour than, than listen, listen to, to an annoying, annoying laugh, laugh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess if you're not ticklish, but then you're being t- no, no, like no, 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 no. But I, there's a lot I'd rather do than that, and so that's not even hard to come up with a decision <laughs> on that one. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, that's a good. Like, one. if you seriously tell us if you get if you prefer to get tickled <laughs> because I. You know, I'm going to give you props for that because that's... I mean, I feel like I listen to annoying laughs all the time. Maybe mine's annoying. I don't know. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yours is brief. (laughs) I do. (laughs) do. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Be sure to follow us. Give us five stars. I don't know. I don't even think we've gotten any reviews. Oh, Oh, I've reviewed it. Oh, okay. Well, besides (laughs) us reviewing it. I've reviewed myself. And every time I go back to look, it's like... uh, Oh, there aren't enough reviewers. <laughs> you and I have done yeah, it. That's it's just it. us. Um, anyway, so follow us at Unstuck Podcast One. Make on suggestions of things. Yeah, you make suggestions. You want to talk, um, to talk about to talk about? Yeah, that would be great. And thanks for listening. This was a fun one, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.